welcome to the In Systems We Trust podcast with Mark E. Murray. You're listening to season two. In Systems We Trust dives into all things systems and processes and interviews the professionals who are using them to change the landscape of their organizations every day. This podcast is fueled by Ditto, a team that is on a mission to eliminate team burnout by implementing systems and processes that streamline your business's growth. Are you ready for more clarity? Here we go. Welcome back to another episode of In Systems We Trust. My name is Marquis and I am your host. And today I am speaking with Robert Nickel. He is the founder and CEO of Rocket Station, the leading provider of outsourced staffing and process management for the business process outsourcing, BPO industry. Rocket Station helps businesses hire virtual teams with efficiency and profitability. Simplified staffing allows operators to focus on core competencies and outsource the rest. When not helping clients build better businesses, you'll find Robert traveling the world or playing with his nephews in Dallas. Welcome to the show today, Robert. Marquise, I really appreciate you having me here. I'm excited. I've, I've listened to a bunch of your shows, as you know, and, and I really enjoy your guests and, and your shows. So thanks for having me. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to being here. Oh, I appreciate that. Yeah, likewise. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Now, just off, off the top, you, you, you said that you enjoy traveling the world. Where have you been recently and how have things looked like in the last couple of years for you? Yeah, I, most people are surprised that I've been able to travel as much as I have, even through the pandemic. But I just got to go to places I never really would have thought about going. So, uh, for example, when, when things were pretty tight, it wasn't that way in Turkey. So I got to spend a couple weeks traveling around Turkey from, uh, you know, from Istanbul to Cappadocia to the Emerald Coast and got to go to Aludenes and some different places there, which I would have never done. I, I got to spend some time in Hawaii. Kauai, Hawaii is one of my favorite places ever. So wow. I've been there. Uh, got to spend quite a bit of time in Tulum, Mexico a couple different times, which I have some friends down there and some property developers. So um, man, the list goes on. I don't know. I like to, I like to get around. I like to change it up. I love us places as well. Just got back from quarter lane, Idaho. I like to spend a lot of time in Florida. So wherever wow. is beautiful, this, whatever time of year it is and fall is definitely one of my favorites. I like to just kind of get out and about and see different places and, and experience different things. So I don't know, man, it's just kind of one of those things I like to do. Do you work when you're away or is this more just for pleasure to get some R&R and take time away from the business? So traditionally, I used to have to work while I was traveling. I mean, I, I have all the stories about being on vacation and walking on the beach with my phone up in the air trying to um, get signal, you know, like I, I have all of those stories, but I am super fortunate at this point where like I, you know, I mentioned Mexico, I just got back from a trip there. I was there for 12 days and uh, I actually did not have one phone call or one thing I had to do while I was there. Amazing. So at this point, um, I kind of make a joke and say that I don't really do anything. And from a day-to-day -day operational standpoint, that's absolutely true. I don't have any responsibility in the day-to-day -day for, for anything that we've oper operationalized for, for the company, for Rocket Station. So that to me is uh, 
probably what I feel like my second biggest uh, accomplishment as a as a business owner. So yeah, I can I can honestly say at this point I could be gone for as long as I as I wanted to be, and I'd come back and the business would probably be in better shape than when I left it. Okay, congratulations to you. You're living the entrepreneurial dream. Sounds incredible. I feel that way. I feel like the luckiest person ever. And when I when I set out to, as an entrepreneur and to, to create a business, that's not how it originally started. I originally started working 70, 80, 90 hours a week. And I was the guy that was going to the gym at 4 a.m. because it was the only time to, to be able to fit that in and burning the candle at both mm. ends. And I woke up feeling anxiety because I had too much to do and went to bed feeling guilty because I didn't feel like I got enough done. And and so, yeah, I wow. wish I could say that I, all the lessons I've learned over the years to get to this point, I wish I just knew that from the beginning, but I had to learn by getting my teeth kicked in and, and struggling quite a bit and, and making a lot of bad decisions that kind of led me back to, mm-hmm. to where I needed to be. And most of that was around, you know, that's part of why I love your show so much, systems and processes. I was really good mm-hmm. at all the things that didn't require systems and processes. If I was answering the phone, I was good. If it was sales, if I was meeting with clients, if it was client yeah. facing or outward facing, where I was engaging with my network and my sphere of influence, man, I crushed that. But when it came to back office support, all the ancillary tasks of the day to day, I really sh- I really struggled. And then to hire yeah. people and grow teams, I really, really struggled. And I hated driving into my office every day thinking about the idea of having to manage my teams and tell them what to do. And I felt like by telling them what to do all day, I could just do it better myself. And I was the guy that thought that you know finding people was super hard and managing people sucks and womp, womp, womp that crybaby story you hear all the time about managing people and, and hiring great teams. And at the end of the day, for me, and I think for a lot of your listeners and people that have been on the show, what it came down to mm-hmm. is I was failing with my management, with hiring people, my all everything that had to do with, with hiring teams came down to lack of systems and processes and lack of clarity about what success wow. looked like and having scopes and training resources and appropriate onboarding uh, glide path and where people had clear expectations about day-to-day communications as well as expectations about their job performance and how to communicate and all the small things that, that make a big deal. I didn't have any systems or processes in place. It was just me getting through the day, answering the phone, responding to emails, just doing what I felt like needed to get done. And then trying to put people in that chaos just led to more chaos. So that's why I'm such a big fan of your show and so excited to be here is because I am naturally not gifted at systems and processes. I'm naturally gifted at being on the phone and engaging with clients in the sales piece and in marketing. I really enjoy marketing. But all the other stuff... I'm not naturally gifted at, but what has made our business successful and what we do for our clients is build systems and processes. So huge fan of your show, huge fan of the concepts, because I feel like that is the foundation to any and all success that I've ever had in my business came down to clear structure, clear systems, clear processes. Absolutely. Oh, we're going to have such a good conversation. I'm excited. I want to come back to this. You just like opened up a whole bunch of other questions that I have. And I want to talk about, you know, those lessons that you learned and how you transitioned from, you know, 
being in the middle of everything, doing everything to where you're at right now. I want to hear about that success story and what systems you put into place. But before we get there, you know, you you founded Rocket Station, you know, four years ago. You come from the agency world, you know, tell us about your background, how like this all came to be and, you know, why you created Rocket Station. We'd love to get uh, caught up there. Yeah, so I I graduated college in 2009, and a couple years later, I jumped into entrepreneurship full time. I started a real estate company. I was I wanted to be a real estate investor where I flipped houses, just like on the TV show. Um, except yeah. you know I knew it wasn't going to be like that, but that was the general idea: just flip houses as a career. Um, I had read Rich Dad Poor Dad, the book, and that idea of, of passive income where you could control your time through real estate producing income every single month, month over month. That's, that's what I was really after. So a couple of years out of college, uh, 2011, I jumped into real estate full time and thought that I was going to become a real estate mogul and a tycoon. And that's what, you know, I just thought I was going to go from zero to hero. And I, you know, had a little bit of success. I was doing some transit real estate's a transactional business. And I know you're thinking, yeah, duh, we all know that. But for me, what that meant was I had to have this machine running all the time. I had to keep the marketing going, which generated phone calls and leads in order for me to prospect. And then I had to go on appointments and hopefully got contracts. And, you know, this whole process that you went through just to get one contract and do one transaction you had to do that over and over and that that whole machine had to keep going all the time. So at the beginning, right. I was the one doing everything, answering the phones, doing the property analysis. I was doing everything in the business in the day to day. And I was super limited. And so in order for me to do more transactions, I had to just work more hours in the day. And so that's what I did. I just started working more hours in the day, doing more marketing. The phone rang more. Mm -hmm. I would go on appointments. And when I got back in my car, there was a whole bunch of missed calls and emails that I needed to respond to. And I just kind of worked the cream off the top, whatever kind of was a lay down deal or closed itself or where I could focus my efforts, where I thought was a good opportunity. That's, that's what I did. And I was lucky to have some really good mentors, some people who had great businesses, but even more than that, they were better people. They were in their communities. They were good parents. They, you know, the one, my, my close friends to this day, he was his daughter's caddy at all her golf tournaments and built stuff in the garage with his son who liked go-karts. And that's what I really wanted was the freedom to do those types of things. And he's the one that really showed me about outsourcing and virtual teams. He had all of his customer support and back office task done in the Philippines and he had his IT work done in the Ukraine and Russia and Belarus, that that part of the world. And his business was very different than mine. But the general concepts, that's when I had this aha moment. I was I was working so many hours, which was not the point. But then I saw him like had this life. How did he get there? He was just leveraging other mm-hmm. people's time. So I knew that doing it myself that was my big aha moment that doing it myself was not the way to go. And so I started hiring teams from overseas. And I wish I could just tell you that was an easy process and I crushed it and just knocked it out of the park right away. But it was a that'd it was be, pretty that'd, terrible. That'd be too but, easy. 
Yeah, but here's what actually happened. So you're talking about the lessons I learned. So I'll kind of wrap up this story about how I got to VAs, this too long story. Try to wrap it up here. But so I hired some... Firstly, but before you go there, I know like the listeners are are nodding and smiling right now because what you just described is, you know, that is the entrepreneurial journey, right? Like doing everything by yourself. You mentioned burning the candle at both ends, you know, staying up late, you know, it's so familiar. So the fact that, you know, you, you were there, you saw a problem and you had a solution and you implemented that. Yeah. Take us there. What, what did all that Okay. Like? So, yeah. And so that's, that's really what was said. So talk about doing everything myself. I I thought whether it was from social media posting to answering the phone to responding to email, no matter what it was, if I didn't do it, the amount of anxiety and fear I had, because if I didn't do it, then it wasn't going to get done how it needed to get done. And it represented me and my ego and all of these things like in the biz, everything represented me to me. So the thought of handing that to someone else, I had a lot of fear and anxiety around letting any of that stuff go. And so I started interviewing people to answer the phone because I thought if I could just have somebody answer the phone all day long while I'm doing other stuff, man, that would change my life. Literally, I know that sounds like I'm being cliche or hyperbolic, but I mean, I'm being serious. Like if I just have somebody answer the phones live, 100%, even if they just took a message and I could get back to people, like, because then your phone rings and you don't answer it to get that person back on the phone. Oh, it's a yeah. nightmare. And so then you call back, they don't answer. Then they call you back and that whole back. Oh, my gosh. Like that felt like a full time thing. Right. So I, right. I interview people and I the, they were all from the Philippines and the English proficiency was amazing. They spoke great English. They had great work experience, college degrees. Everything lined up. Over 15% of the economy in the Philippines is in outsourcing. So they have this entire culture around this. It's totally normal for their jobs and industries to be built around Mm. outsourcing. So I was like, man, if I had someone dedicated to me and only me, they basically function like an employee, but I didn't have any HR risk or liability and they could operate in my business through technology, just be able to answer the phone in real time, plugged into my CRM. They could function exactly That's like great. an employee in my office. That's what the technology allowed. So I'm like, man, I'm all into this. So I hired somebody, Marquis. And here's the truth. He was horrible. I mean, he was okay. terrible on the phone. So my initial fear, like my worst nightmare of having somebody terrible answering the phones, representing me, came true. But here's what happened. I went on more sales appointments. I went on more listing appointments because he Mm. was just simply answering the phone. And even though he wasn't doing a good job, he still, out of just sheer numbers and answering the phone, set more appointments than I could by myself by going on. So by just going on more appointments that month, I did more deals. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, if I just had somebody moderately good, they don't even have to be a rock star. And that was my huge, for me, the big moment of, like, releasing the fear of control mm-hmm. of, of, of letting any control or letting go of any of the tasks. Because I was like, oh, my gosh, he's been screwing up all these calls. And all that happened was... I did more deals and made more money, which was the point. That was the goal of all of it. So I was like, oh, man, if I just had somebody that could do this marginally well, 
then yeah. this would be incredible. So I went back and I interviewed, and that's where, where I've really started learning things like English proficiency is not the same thing as communication skills. It's a totally different mm. thing. So just because somebody speaks very clearly, their English is clear and perfect, doesn't mean they can hold a conversation. It doesn't mean they have empathy. It doesn't mean they, they can really like get to the questions in the meet and, and use the information to ask better probing questions. That, that's a totally different thing. So I just went down that process of figuring that out one role at a time, started with inside sales. And then I went to some, some admin tasks because I wanted to focus on all revenue generating activities. Yeah. So I knew somebody else, if they were Good. posting on Facebook and in the groups and commenting on posts and in LinkedIn and handling all of my social media and acting as if they were me and navigating all that, that would free up a big chunk of my time. Plus they could handle all the paperwork in the back end stuff because it was all done online anyways. So that was kind right. of my next time. So I figured that, and I just started stacking role after role after role within my own personal business. And yeah, from there, like so this was this like two, a, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, it's okay. It sounds like you, you saw and use this as a real learning opportunity. Whereas, you know, some business owners, you know, they would just say, Hey, you're, you're not doing a good job on to the next one, right? Like get out of here. You're screwing up my business. Maybe there's a bit of, you know, uncertainty there, or did I make a mistake in bringing on this person? Right. But it seems like you went the complete opposite way and doubled down from the sounds of it. Is, is that what happened? Yeah, well, when you fail enough, I told you I tried hiring friends and family. I tried hiring. When you go through that, well, for yeah. me, I don't know. I'm just going to speak my own journey here. But I, I went through yeah, that. Sure. Before I even really started my business, Marquis, I read every book, every blog, every podcast. Mm -hmm. The number of hours I spent learning, What I, for me, what I had to learn was the real education comes from just doing it, applying it. And then once you yeah. go through the process, now you really know. Now you've learned you know, some of the nuances. You get kicked in the teeth a few times and all of a sudden you know next time it's like uh what's the mike tyson quote everybody's got a plan until you get punched in the face like uh, that yeah. that is the real world so just to study something doesn't help you in any way until you go actually apply it so for me i had to go try to hire people and do it and try and and make all these bad assumptions that i had in my head because i had all these paradigms for whatever reason that i thought were true the only way for me to shatter that was to go in and, and, and go try to do it, which is what I did. And whenever I failed, I didn't just say, hey, this is somebody else's problem. I said, man, I must be really screwing something up here in order for this right. to not work because it works when I do it. So why does it not work when so I, like I can answer the phone and I can tell if this is a good qualified lead and if we should spend more time with them and ask them the right question. Like I can do that. And surely I'm not the mm -hmm. only one that can do that. Right. And so I've never thought that I was going to be the best at anything. Like there's very talented people at almost anything you can think of. So yeah, no, I've never thought that I would be the best at something or knew everything, but I did know that the only way to actually know anything was go, go try to do it, go have the experience, and then, then you get the real education. Hey everyone, it's me, Marquis. I just wanted to take a minute to tell you a bit more about Ditto. If you've been listening to In Systems We Trust for a while, you've heard firsthand accounts of how systems and workflows change the landscape of work for businesses and leaders across the globe. Ever felt like there just aren't enough hours in the day? Is your startup starting to grow and scale and you're wondering how your systems will scale with it? 
Maybe you're part of a widespread multi-level corporation that needs to update and overhaul its standard operating procedures. Well, if you can relate, Ditto can help. Eliminate team burnout, keep your best talent, and have a clear system in place to help you and your business achieve your goals. Visit thinkditto.com to learn more. That's really good. And, you know, earlier you said that you're you're not, you know, typically a systems person. You just kind of like, you know, do what you need to do. So when you're bringing on these new people now, you know, how did you train them? How did you grow? What processes did you, did you start to implement, you know? And like, when did you start on this journey where you realized, okay, great, I can bring in all these people, but in order for me to live the life that I want, you know, I have to implement some of these things. How did you make that transition? Because, you know, you weren't that person who was going to lead, um, you know, those, those initiatives. Yeah, good question. And I'm also not the person who's going to actually document and create all the scopes and write down a script there for you everything go. that yeah. happens and create the training videos, right? And I tried. I went through that process and the number of hours I spent trying to create that and then would hand that to somebody and they couldn't do anything with it because I skipped steps that I didn't realize I was skipping and making assumptions. I do because just to give a username and password, we make like we make assumptions about knowing where to go and how to log in and what next. It is so tedious to create those scopes and all this, the training materials that it takes. And then things change all the time. So how do you make those living documents that aren't then yeah I that was not me but I knew that it was super important so the first thing that I tried to do was do it myself which I recommend to anybody who wants to try to do that like go go do it yourself if that's what you're naturally gifted at awesome it was just not what I was super naturally gifted at so I actually hired a company that went and documented every single task within my business and they created beautiful SOPs for everything, which had screenshots and arrows and videos attached to everything and these beautiful training manuals. So I just actually hired it done. And so that was part of my learning. We force all of our, we work with publicly traded companies. We work with single member LLCs and everybody in between, but the core of our business is is small to mid-sized businesses. And we force everybody, it doesn't matter if you're a SaaS company or if you're a real estate mm-hmm. or you're, it doesn't matter what the industry, what the vertical, what the role is. We force everybody to go through the same process. And the one of those steps early on is we force you to, to go through us a documentation. We only do two things as a company. And the first one is documenting systems and processes and creating scopes for every task, for every role. That's before Mm -hmm. creating job descriptions. That's before interviewing and hiring people. That's long before doing any of the actual hiring and implementation. We create a documentation of every single task that has to happen. That creates clarity. That creates alignment. And now we can build a beautiful job description from these task maps that is clean, that is concise, that provides a ton of clarity and insight, we can define what success looks like. So for us, the very first step that that we go through with all of our clients is documenting these systems and processes because that to us is the foundation. It's kind of like the roadmap, the treasure map that leads you to to all the success at the end starts with that documentation of systems and processes. 
How do you gather that information? Like for us at Ditto, um, it's very much in line with well, your approach, but we come in and our first phase is our deep dive. And so before we get to SOPs and documentation, we want to understand what the current state of the business looks like. And so we will spend time with the, the key stakeholders. We'll bring in different department heads and BU leaders. And, you know, we want to map out how they do their sales, how they run operations, how they do their meetings, how they engage with their clients before we ever get to SOP. So what does your process look like on the front end to get exactly to the point where you can say, here's your package. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we start with, we, it's called the discovery and alignment phase where we do the exact same okay. thing. The, the decision makers, as far as creating a client relationship, they're usually involved, not that much. It's like giving approval, having oversight, the general strategy and, and, um, being in charge as far as having control of what the defining what success and outcomes are, they're usually involved up front. Mm -hmm. But then we pretty quickly start working with the managers and whoever's actually responsible for implementation of the day to day task. And just like, you know, we're having a video call right now, it's, it's all done through video. And we yeah. essentially pull that out of our clients. So we have, you know, basically just recorded conversations initially in that discovery and alignment phase, the way you're talking about the exact same thing. Then once yeah. we have clarity and alignment about, and everybody's on, for us, our clients are driving the, the bus. We're the ones in the back there doing all the heavy lifting and, and doing all the work. So same process okay. before SOPs, then we get to SOPs. From the SOPs, we work with our clients to then create job descriptions. From those job descriptions, now we essentially have a personality profile, the type of person that we want to fill that role. And inside, inside salesperson is different than a customer support rep, which is different than a social media manager, which is different than a bookkeeper. So we define those roles, okay. and now we've got a profile of who we want to fill those roles because we think that getting in flow and having a lot of success in your job and being fulfilled and content and happy in the workplace comes from... That being who you are, being motivated and driven by those tasks. So as an inside salesperson, like you, we want the right person in the right seat for all these roles. So we're mm -hmm. going to make sure we profile appropriately. And then we, for us, we go into our candidate pool. We have several hundred people that are on our training platform. There are employees, there are W-2s, they get full health care, full benefits, everything that any employee needs to be successful. But they've been with us for about eight weeks. So we've got them, we have personality profiles, we have training, we've got culture reviews, we have all the things that necessary to make sure that this can be a great fit. So for each role that we've defined after all of those yeah. steps we just lined, now you're going to interview three, four, five candidates that are perfect fit for that role, functions like a W-2, but they remain our employees. We just stay with you for the life of the account to make sure that you have all the success that, that you're supposed to have. So same process it sounds like you guys go through. Very interesting. Okay, so you are the... The process, you know, creation, implementation specialists that also happen to be uh, a, a job agency, right? So your, your goal, you come in and you are trying to fill roles. You're trying to define roles, create job descriptions, document all the SOPs so that these companies can hire the necessary personnel to scale. Yeah, or yeah, or it's all based on data, right? So it's highest and best use of current employees' time. So if you already have some, our sales 
reps, right? It's about a seven to one ratio. For every one sales rep, they have seven inside sales people there doing everything from their social media accounts to screening leads and qualifying and doing follow-up and appointment setting and contract fulfillment. All of that is done from their team. So for the, our sales department, it's about a couple things. It's about efficiency. It's about maximization mm-hmm. and utilization of the teams that we have. Our sales reps, their job is to sell, not do anything else because that's not what they're being hired to do. So with our accounting and, and bookkeeping team, the CFO is not pulling reports and collating data and doing any of that. He's His team start long before the day start. The data is all pulled. When he comes in, he has everything that he needs right there on his desk. And now it's just making decisions off data. We help our clients do the exact same wow. thing. For us, it's not about staffing. It's not about hiring. That is not the goal. The goal is have an efficient, clean business that's providing as much value as they can possibly provide to the world. And the way that we help small to mid-sized businesses do that is by one, documenting, creating scopes and systems and process. But the reason that's like a, we require that because that's the foundation for success for hiring, but it's a data-driven approach. So we want to export your, your Zendesk information, not because we want, we don't want information about your leads and your proprietary information, but we want to know how many calls are coming in and how many emails are coming in. What's the average response time? What would success look like for you? And then maybe potentially shift some paradigms you have about what's possible and what's available because we have experience in these different things and we can kind of show you. But the idea would be to have least number of people possible to solve whatever what we just call opportunities in the business. So Mm -hmm. we want to take a data approach. It needs to be based on average call handling time, number of calls that are coming in within each department, time of day. Now we can go staff to that instead of just throwing bodies at a, at a problem and and hoping it, it creates a solution. Very interesting. Okay. What would you say is the biggest problem you you solve? Like you're speaking to these, these businesses, you come in and you know, what we see, it's either they don't have the time or they don't have the understanding. They respect systems. They know that they need them, but they have no idea where to start. What do you see as the big, you know, roadblocks to these businesses, you know, implementing these much needed systems? Yeah. Like we have an account in, in Colorado they're an amazing service provider where they, they're kind of a bridge for, for the real estate industry where they have uh, property management accounts and they provide a lot of logistical support. And they have a, a high-level manager tasked with creating systems and processes for a team to create some clarity, alignment, just some, some efficiency. She okay. was spending an incredible amount of her time, energy, and effort to document, to create, to test. Not leading her teams, not driving KPIs, not, not doing revenue generating activities, not supporting the clients, not creating trust within her employees and their client base. None of the things she was hired to do, she was sitting there all day grinding through. And I think that is usually yeah. the biggest impediment to most people actually documenting doing this process that's not what their that's not their expertise it's not what the like we have a team there's a large team dedicated to this process 
it's all they do. Yeah. It's a different team that manages our people in the day-to-day accounts and the operations team like that. It's a different team. This is what they do. So I think it's, I mean, my opinion, Marquise, is it's hard and it's tedious yeah. and it takes a lot of, and, and so for most entrepreneurs to take the time to stop and remove themselves from the day-to-day and go through this process, they're just not going to do it. The phone's ringing, things are happening. They just, they're, yeah. and by the time you kind of get going and you've made things kind of happen, it's like to take the energy to slow down and change takes a lot of emotional energy. It takes a lot of effort to do that. But that's why we, for us, it's a consultation long before there's ever any. So I don't care if you use us or not. I don't care if anybody hires right. our teams or not, because we're not a fit for everybody. It doesn't, that's, it's not, a thing. but within a 30, 45 minute conversation, that very first discovery call that we have, I'm sure it's exactly the same for you guys. You can get so yeah. much information, such clear insight into what's generally happening, where opportunities are. You know, most of the time people have a few pain points that they're just really feeling every single day. So they're looking for a solution to just solve that pain. Oftentimes we can work upstream and we can work more on what's actually kind of causing, you know, what's lighting the fire more than just putting the fire out. Because once we put the fire out, if it just relights all the time, that's just the problem. So we're always looking for solutions in that way. And oftentimes people have very specific problems or very specific pain points, or they just want to have cost savings or something like that. And then after 30, 45 minutes of conversation, it leads into all these other things because you can quickly kind of dissect maneuver and, and see things that sometimes it's hard to see, man, when you're in the day to day and you're grinding yeah. and it's you're so emotionally attached. Like it's it's hard. To, and I'm sure it's the same way for me and my business. Yeah. It's the same way it is for our clients. So I I know that's a rambling answer. But to me, I think most people struggle with systems and processes because it's hard. It's tedious and it's yeah. time consuming. Yeah, absolutely. And you taking them through your process, right? It builds trust. You're on this 30, 45 minute call. And all of a sudden you go from strangers to, wow, this is like, I see the light at the end of the tunnel. We've had some clients say that it feels like therapy, right? Like they can talk about these things, get it all out, right? There's been no one to listen, you know, in the past. And so, yeah, it's incredible what you're doing. Oh, so many times, man, people are almost like embarrassed. There's like almost this little bit of shame that people have because they know they're not as clean as they should be. And you go to masterminds, you go to these different groups, people talk about their, everybody's pumping their chest and talking everything up. And then you get, you're kind of like, well, that's (laughs) not really what it was. It's hard to run a business. I mean, it's hard to manage people. It's hard to decide where to invest a little bit of capital that you have, whether you put in marketing or do we grow on the IT? Like it, it is hard to run a business. And so oftentimes, you know, we get a little bit sloppy. And so people feel a little bit of shame. They feel a little bit guilt. They feel these things when they come to us. But you used my favorite word, which is trust, because when we Mm -hmm. go through that process of process development, 
Our clients yeah. learn that we are there to support them. This is a partnership and that trust is built in that, that upfront. Oftentimes people are, I just want to skip that. I just want to hire. I just want to, they ask if they can just skip that. Never. You're either, yeah. we either go through this process together and we build this relationship together or it's not a relationship at all for us. Right. And right. the yeah. reason is, is we've got to build that trust and we have to establish that relationship. And it's done through that process because they don't, they can see through data, they can see through time, they can see through through the outcomes and the results that, yeah. oh my gosh, these guys are here to improve our business, not to just sell us something. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And a few moments ago, you met, you used two words. There was, there was strengths and opportunities. So in your discovery process, are you doing a SWOT analysis or is that just, you know, the, the line of questioning you'll, you'll typically take to get the uh, information you need? Yeah. So our teams, the business development teams, we call them business development because they've done this thousands of times and seen business like that. That is the goal. So really at the end of the day, it's what our clients want. So sometimes okay. they don't really want a lot of feedback, opinions, they just kind of want a specific problem solved. They think they've got the solution, that's, that's fine. We're all for that. They but don't, if people they, are, they don't want to be told all the, all the bad things that they're doing and how it's negatively impacting their business. Well, yeah. you know, I, there, it's just because they already know, common. right? Yeah. It's pretty common to feel for, to feel yeah. good about the way you've done things, especially if it's working. So if somebody's got something yeah. that's working, if it could just be a little bit marginally better, who cares? Like they, I might, my goal is not to like pound my opinions into, but if people want feedback, oh yeah, the teams can definitely show you where some, and an example is we were just at a sales training, uh, Monday, Tuesday with, with my sales team and we go out there and it's, um, hosted by another company and they've got this amazing process and they have a ton and I call it amazing because they have a ton of success and the results show that their KPIs mm -hmm. are strong and their revenue numbers are great. And at the end of the day, their net numbers are good, which to me is what it's all about. Who cares what your top yeah. line is if you don't have a bottom line, right? And so yeah. our sales team immediately wanted to start talking about all the ways they could improve, it basically change. In, and then we immediately, like everybody immediately snapped to, first, let's talk about all the things they do great and ways we can support yeah. what's already working really, really well. Then if there's awesome. opportunity and they're open to suggestions and some, some of these other things that we think would be a little bit more efficient or, or, or improve response rates and, and call answering times or whatever it may be, then, then we'll do that. But usually through the relationship that you mentioned and building trust in that process, it comes where we're like, okay, we're, we'll say things like, Hey, would you guys, are you open to considering this? Yeah. Right. And most of the time, Marquis people just haven't thought about it. They just haven't like spent the time to think. And so it's that type that that's part of why it's fun for us. Cause it's always a puzzle that we're solving piecing together, but it's about you. It's your business and what you want. And ultimately I don't care at all what that is. I just want you to have the success that you want. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you said that earlier, you know, that you start with, you know, what is working? What are your strengths? Because oftentimes 
will get on these calls and they're so like anxious to get started. They've needed something like this. They want to talk to, you know, a, a consultant. And, you know, before we even get the the introductions out of the way, they're just diving right into problems. What's not working, you know, um, all, all the things that they need fixed. Right. And then we often forget to like look at what is working. What can we optimize there? Right. What are some quick wins maybe we can establish before we dive into the mess that we're, we're trying to solve here? Yeah. And oftentimes supporting what's winning gives us more wins. Right. Yeah. You have a great so sales good. rep. How do we empower him to be better? Or we have teams that were hired for a specific reason. How do we empower them to be the best use of what they want to be, right? We support small to mid-sized businesses to grow, to be better, to actually increase the number of W-2s they have, and not only increase the number of W-2s, but the quality of those jobs. They're higher paying jobs, they're better jobs, because we fulfill and su support such a strong level from the foundational roles of the business. Now it just it opens so much opportunities for, for our clients. So it actually, in every way, systems and processes, I mean, it's, I'm sure people get tired of hearing you talk about it, but man, it is the foundation for success in our opinion. I, I hope they don't get tired of it, but yeah, I do totally understand what you're saying. Um, absolutely. The foundation for everything in, in business. Um, I, I'd love to, uh, hear about more about your team, right? You, you talked about outsourcing and going overseas. Is your leadership team in 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 the states, for example? How are you um, spread out? Do you have a, a an office somewhere where your HQ is? And you know, how how do the different teams work together? Yep. So we are where you have a headquarters in Dallas. Uh, have a have a team here. We have people not just in Dallas, but that's where our, our headquarter in the U.S. is. And so all of our contracts with our clients are U.S.-based to U.S.-based contracts, just a service agreement. But we also have a headquarters in the Philippines, in Manila, and that's where we mm -hmm. staff our teams. And so they get full benefits, they get health care, they get all the things that full you know full-time employees need and deserve in order to be successful. So we really, really invest in our teams in order for them to have all the stability and, and all the things that they need to be super successful for our clients. So huge investment in our teams. That's a lot of where my personal time goes is we have uh, our Rocket Station Cares, which is our community engagement projects where we support the communities in different ways from healthcare projects to empowering schools with school supplies and wow. materials and feeding kids. So that is all done as a volunteer thing through the organization led by the company, led by the employees in the Philippines. And then as a company, we support those, those projects that, that are company led. So our Philippines company services our U.S.-based company, which then has wow. contracts with our U.S.-based clients. So um, I hope that makes sense. But the reason it's structured that way is to protect our clients in every sense. So it functions like an employee. It, you get all the benefits of a full-time employee, but you don't have any HR liability. We're handling all of that, plus providing all the value and benefits that that employees deserve. So it's it's supposed to be the easiest easy button possible for our clients to to have employees yeah. and how big is your team we're just over 1200 okay wow in four years well so we started back in 2013 
2015, 16, we were real estate only. So it was a company called Investor Virtual Assistant Services at that time. And then we took real estate investor virtual assistant service. So we've had a few iterations. In 2018, we we became Rocket Station. And we were just having so much success in so many different industries from SaaS to I mean, any kind of service company you could think of, we, we do really well. So yeah. we were really transitioning from, we, we have a ton of success in real estate, but from e-commerce and marketing agencies, and we, we've just been going in so many different directions. That's why we've seen a lot of growth. And then COVID's really accelerated that. We, people's paradigms mm-hmm. have shifted pretty, dramast- pretty dramatically uh, yeah. just mix drastically and dramatically in and the one word. Yeah. Yeah. And drastically <laughs> like that's a new one for me there. Yeah. But the paradigms just the shift. And to me, that was the biggest thing for COVID. I don't think it really changed anything that wasn't going to already happen. I think it was an accelerant. And in a lot of ways, it's the adoption of the idea of like a remote and virtual team. And then when our mm. teams in the Philippines can outperform U.S.-based counterparts on a one-to-one. There is no sacrifice. There is no reduction in quality. You're not getting a lesser workforce, which is what most people expect, and that's what they assume. And and we've just proven that that is that is not the case. There, you shouldn't lower your expectations for the vast. If we can staff and fulfill those roles, then your expectation, in our opinion, should be every bit the same. Whether you're hiring us, which is through the Philippines, or a local, whether it's in Canada or the U.S., we're in nine different countries: Australia and Israel, and lots of other places. Wow. The expectation is that person fits, functions, operates, and feels exactly like a W-2 would in your office, a full-time employee, we just have taken on all that HR risk. You get a significant reduction in cost and usually a much better output and, and more success as well. So the idea is not to compromise. You just get a much better product for, for a much lower price. Well, we, I wish we had more time. Honestly, I do. I think I need to change the format to 60 minutes because I have so many questions that just came out of that, you know, answer there. Joe Rogan style, three hours. Let's go. You're, it's like you're in my head. I was thinking, Joe Rogan, let's just keep talking. Um, I, I went away this week and, you know, did my second round of our, our Vivid Vision, which is still on paper. I'm going to digitize it and, you know, streamline things and, and roll it out to the team shortly. But what's the, what's the vision for Rocket Station? What comes next? Where are you guys headed three years from now, five years from now? What's the future looking like? Yeah, so for us, we're really excited to just kind of have our, our foot on the gas pedal and be moving really quick. So what what the next several phases look like for us is we, we've done so well in real estate, we're going to continue to grow that vertical. But now we're starting to build specific teams around different industries and the different nif- niches that we provide for instead of it kind of being mixed together. So in three to five years, you will see Rocket Station as a general umbrella for many different industries, for whether that's from dentists and chiropractors because we're developing a, a HIPAA certified medical team to SaaS awesome. and e-commerce to to real estate and different verticals. So we we are we're two trick pony system and process documentation and, and staffing, and we're not yeah. going to really change that. So we the what we do ultimately, Marquis, is we help companies adjust and adapt to change, and things are changing okay. really quick. So in three to five years. I can't, I can't say that 
all of this will function and feel exactly the same because things are moving so quickly. But through that change, through technology, I mean, people like to bash on the millennials and then now the Gen Zers. But for me, I am just in awe of how smart they are, how any latency and friction that exists in the marketplace, they are there to explode it, exploit it and get it out of of the way. And so... Things are going to change really fast through blockchain technology and smart contracts. And um, and so our job, I believe, will be to continue to help our companies, which are small to mid-sized companies in the U.S. and other uh, countries across the world to adapt to the change, ultimately to just provide a great service for whatever the, their yeah. company is. But things are changing quickly. Things are moving very, very fast. But our, our role essentially is to always help our companies adapt, adjust to change so that they can provide a great service or product. Very cool. I'm really glad you brought up the younger generation. Last question here as we're just wrapping things up. You have an opportunity to talk to the younger Robert Nickel. You know, you're doing all the things, answering the phones, stressed out working, you know, late at night. You know, what what advice would you give your your, your younger self now based on the experiences yeah, and you've I- had? What is so cool about, like, I think part of what is so amazing about, we're talking about the younger generations, all these things that are coming up with DeFi and DAOs and new uh, organization structure and things that are actually built for the internet age, in my opinion, is mostly coming from the younger generations. And one of the things that I see as, as being in common with all of those things is that they're all about empowering each other so like the the individual wins when the group wins and and everybody goes and it's so amazing what can happen when a group of people use their talents and for me when I was younger and starting businesses early on and I was in the way I was the bottleneck I had to do everything I was responsible for everything in my business and that was just so insanely limiting so I could have had so much more growth. I could have had so much more opportunity. All the things that I actually wanted would have come to me so much faster if I would have gotten out of the way long, long time ago. So there's just so many things that have to get done in the day-to-day in any business. And so for me to do all of those things was just absolutely silly. And I chose to struggle and I chose misery for all those years. And I don't know why. But talking to the younger me, it would be like, you're not as smart as you think you are. You don't have as much time as you think you do. And there's some amazing, amazing, talented people out there. Go align yourself with these incredible, smart people because I genuinely think people are smart. I think they're talented. I think they want to do a good job. I think they want to be a part of something special and they want to buy in and and be loyal to something great. And so go create that and get the right people in and get them bought in and you will have all the the success that you want and you're looking for. I wish I would have done that early on and empowered people. And Scott Galloway, he's a professor at NYU with a podcast. And one of the things he says all the time is success is in the agency of others. And I wish that I would learn that principle a long, long time ago because we would have gotten here and maybe further a whole lot faster. And I believe that is Rocket Station success is because our team is so strong and that that is my core foundational belief that success is an agency of others. So if I knew that earlier, Marquise, things would be way different. 
Oh, so well said. I'm, I'm really glad we connected. Like I'm, I'm looking through the, the computer screen and I can feel just the passion just like coming through. Uh, I, I love it. Thanks so much. Uh, Rocketstation.com. Go check it out. Connect with Robert online. Anything else you want to say as we uh, as we sign off here? No, I appreciate the conversation. This was great. I really appreciate you having me on. Um, to those that took the time to listen and, and made it this far, thank you. Um, and anybody that that's looking, I mean it when I say I don't care if you hire our teams or not. But if you have questions, don't the website reach out on there. Tell tell the team that you heard me on the show, and we'd be happy to answer any questions that you might have or, or go through your business with you. I know your business is very specific and you do things differently because everybody does. So happy to talk about yeah. your business specifically. Perfect. And if Robert's company can help you, go to thinkdiddle.com and we'll, we'll take over from there. <laughs> awesome. Robert, thanks so much for being here. Really enjoyed the conversation. Uh, we'll have to have a part two on this uh, at some point in the future. Thanks a lot. Appreciate you, man. This was great. Thanks for listening to the In Systems We Trust podcast with Marquis Murray. If you liked what you heard today, hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Don't forget to rate the episode and share it with a friend. Head over to thinkditto.com to learn more about how the team at Ditto can help your business scale by implementing the systems and processes needed to get you there.